We are back for another week of SBS Live Fishing Podcast. And hey, just so everyone knows, the songs that we play at the beginning of the shows, it's not because we like them. That, that was better than what you usually play, though, Chad. I, like, I like shit like that. You like, like you like Pat Benatar? Believe me, I I would skip over a thousand radio stations of bullshit to hear the old music that, you know, me and my dad or, you know, Jason's dad, all that shit. I'm like, oh, my kids are looking at me cro- crooked as shit. They're like, what, the f- what are you listening to? I'm like, oh, shut it up. Shut yeah, up. I, I was at work today, uh changing some sort of part on a stupid semi-truck and this song came on I was like oh we have to play this tonight we have to play this tonight it came on Y103 uh, we were listening yeah Y103 yeah, yeah. I, I heard it today too and I, when you played it it like it it struck about, I'm like I heard that today because it, it was like it came on the radio I turned the radio on <laughs> like at, and it had to have, I think it had to have come on sometime right around 11 yeah it was like 10 30 11 o'clock yeah, something yeah. like that oh yeah I heard it I turned it on there goes Pat Benatar I have a little list on my phone. Every time I hear a song like this, I'll, I'll throw it on my phone. It says podcast songs. So uh, we have some music, like a little playlist. To, uh, Is your phone listening to your truck? You just pop it out, let it hear a little Oh no, s- no. snippet? No, no. Normally I'm listening to podcasts, but like I'll, I'll have an ear on what the, what the shop radio is doing. Man, I've been, you know, we changed up what we've been listening to at work. Uh, you know, the kid went... Arizona, uh, Zach, and uh, so Uncle, my Uncle Jake is working with me, helping me out now, and uh, he knows what he's doing a little bit, you know, I'm pretty good at everything, and uh, but we've changed what we've been listening to, you know. So what does Jake prefer? He's not into, not into No Effects Friday? Oh, we're still going to do Punk Friday. I don't think he has a choice in the matter, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, what we've been listening to Y103, it's something that both of us can listen to, and, you know. Plays all, you know, the good oldies, you know, your boss and Zeppelin, you know, Pink Floyd, Stones, whatever, all those good bands. But the music that I would never, ever, that's one music that I would keep over anything else ever as well. I would. It's timeless. I would pick all of those bands except Pat Benatar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I didn't get into the band life it. like you guys, we so you like all it. kind of different shit than we I would ever. We talked about it before, like, all of our music, it's what, you have to be 25 years older or older to be played on there, right? It's all the music like even we grew up in. It's all being played on there now. Green Day. The Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. All Red that Hot stuff. Chili Peppers. Yeah, they're playing all it's that like kind of stuff. It's like Throwback Thursday for you young young bucks. They'll throw one in there here and there. They you know they that, still keep with their, you know, That's usual how I feel about the, the hip-hop at noon or the like the throwback at noon. I'm like, oh shit, this is old school. I kept that hip-hop station because they changed the station around here. There's they did? Yeah. No, so I've seen that. Video. You we told me. About it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, this is crazy. So hey, it's it. it's I competition. Kept it. I kept it. In Radio is competition, right? It, it kicks back a lot of the old ones now and then. I oh yeah, no, it seems mom. like it seems like somebody our age is running the the show over there. That's I, I, at first I'm like, who's this dude? Is he related to me, or is this like somebody my brother knows? Because my brother is huge on all that shit. Yeah, yeah. He got and in fact, it's crazy to say, but that guy has every like original CD case, CD and case, like the picture, like and, jewel case. The square, you know what I mean? He has every, like, if he loans you that shit out, it's getting wrote down. And he's got a gun. <laughs> I want it back. Give me that goddamn Ludacris from 96. Now, motherfucker. <laughs> but they will. They'll, they'll throw in some Ludacris. They threw in some Outcast, man. The oh, other yeah. Day, and my, my daughter was like. Sorry, Miss Jackson comes on. I love this? it. What is this? Like, what is this? And my dad is like, word for word, every word verbatim. And like, 
She's like looking at me like you said, like, oh my God, this isn't him. <laughs> Things of the times, right? Don't don't want to lose the good music. So before we get too or, far, or in you our could music, listen to Cardi B's WAP. No, we, we've already played that on the podcast once. I that, don't know if anyone caught that. That was that was a for sure bad one, Chad. We're not brought to you by any artist, but we're brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. You can find them at PredatorFlyGear.com. What do you mean? That guy's an artist. Nick Mayer Art. Check him out. He's excellent also. Uh, and then that all them designs are going right into a lot of the, the outerwear and gloves and lanyards and things like that. So definitely check those guys out. PredatorFlyGear.com. And tie your hook or tie your flies on the super sharp A-Rex hooks. Check them out, arexhooks.com. Tonight's show is being brought to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com. Sims Fishing. Fish it well. Find all your stuff at simsfishing.com. Yeti. Yeti coolers. All kind of stuff. Yeti. Check them out. Yeti.com. Hey, check out Why Not Fishing in their app, The Dock. Also, Queen City Guiding, Ryan Evans. He's... Uh, gonna get busy here, so if you want a sweet trip to Western New York for some tributary steelhead fall fishing, all kind of different stuff, he could put you on them. And speaking of Ryan Evans, Wednesday you are going to be hearing a live special broadcast with Ryan Evans talking about his fishery. So tune in and check it out. I think we got them all. We did get them all. All right. We are almost professional. That sounded good. <laughs> all right. Oh, there's plenty of shitty beers you could name. <laughs> so tonight, we do have a guest coming on, Edgar Diaz from Sightline Provisions. So I can't wait to talk to him. I was talking to him a little bit before the show. It's going to be a good show, guys, for real. He's a, a craftsman, just like all of us sitting around this table. He likes making things and making products. So Everything I got is homemade. <laughs> Even the soap no. <laughs> that I don't wash my legs with. No, just kidding. Uh, nah, man. There's plenty of ways to fix things, right? More than one way to skin a cat. Speaking of that, uh, Jay, I'm going to come by and steal that trailer this weekend, I think. Because uh, I'm going to make a smoker trailer. There you go. I think it's a great idea. For, for we what? Have to do the boat? With that. From the X, X boat? Well, that boat is probably going to go back in my woods and grow roots. Or if someone wants. Oh, want... bro, you, you should make a bus stop out of it. If someone wants a 12 foot <laughs> John boat, hit me up. I'll give it to you. For nothing. It's, it's got not- a lot of shit on the outside, but you can rip that off too. It has no title, but <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I I didn't get title when I got it. If we're selling boats here. I got a canoe for sale. It's at Jason's parents' house, but <laughs> I, I can get boat. it for you. I got a boat for sale. It's in my front yard. I swear to God, hundred bucks, hundred bucks. Come take that shit away. I'm putting that. I'm dragging that to the front of your mom's house with permission, hopefully, and and just pounding a little sign in and saying hundred bucks. Oh sure, got the, the canoe, title. Get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I hope somebody could enjoy it, because it's too big. It's too big for what I do. Too big for my damn little truck. <laughs> you know, you can't fit a 16-foot canoe in the back of a 4-foot, 5-foot bed. Not with a 5-and-a-half-foot <laughs> bed. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a truck. But anyway, Chad, man, you gave me a ring the other day, and I got I got to uh, meet up with one of your, your buddies. I don't know where you met him, but he looks like the skater-type, potentially ex-skater, fly-fisherman so you got to meet my buddy Dick Gross. Uh, Dick is a good dude. He he hit us up, oh, shoot, over the wintertime. He wanted to go fishing. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll go fishing with you. So he hit me up. Seems like he travels a ton for work. and He does. And that's a that's a cool way to get fishing, right? There are so, new yeah. spots. <laughs> well, he hit me up, what was that, Monday? Is that when you went out? 
He hit me up Monday and was like, hey, I'm coming through town. I'm in Columbus now. It'll be about three hours. And you guys able to go fishing? I was like, let me hit up Jace. He might be able to. So uh, so I hit Jace up, and I'll let him tell the rest of the story. Yeah, the only thing I knew about this guy is I thought he was from Columbus. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, when you get off 80, you just just you shoot me a message. You got to be coming on 80, right? I figure. So uh, he ends up hitting the rest stop and texts me, and I'm like, all right, you're right on track. You didn't get out of the way. You just came, end up coming right back you know, my way past Chad's work. I let him know that I met up with him, uh, like right downtown. He knew where to go. And he's like, yeah, I look like the weirdo in the back of the parking lot in a NASCAR van. I'm like, Hey, whatever. She don't look weird around here, but you, know, <laughs> you couldn't do it if you tried, man. So oh, not that place. Yeah. Show up. This guy's full of tattoos. Hey, I don't care what you do, man. Let's fucking do it. He's like, what should I bring? And I'm like, nothing less than a seven weight and any fly you want. From a musky fly, because he said he had all kind of stuff. He's prepared to fish everywhere he stops, you know, or or got a moment or crosses here and there. He's talking about fishing in, you know, Michigan, all kind of different places. I was like, fucking right, you know, lucky bud. And it's just, and your boss is like, hey, uh, just take a week, do what, you, do what you got to do, you know, do the work. But I understand you're driving a far away and take the whole week to fish he's going to like washington or something i'm like ah he's like oh no it ain't clear water and i was like i know what kind of water you're talking about dude that real chalky green stuff i was like i want to go <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah i might have that week off no <laughs> i'll quit my job no nah, so yeah he got some sweet shit coming up but so we went down there any and, room in your van <laughs> yeah no this guy he he he's like wondering what fly and i'm like i would run with the five to six inch fly something like that bigger size i was like i I can't guarantee you fish but i can guarantee you that we're gonna fish by fish so we pull up right there and nobody's around which is great and man it just i told him i'm like you gotta be ready you know i didn't i didn't really explain it i like to let people fish that's my that's my toughest thing to do is to because you got away everybody's got away but to understand how fast you probably need to fish just to keep up with what we're doing at fishing against current, like not right into it. You know what I'm saying? And oh, and yeah. that's that. I I even I even said after a little bit, I'm like, oh, I'll sometimes use like a, a jerk strip to just to keep my line coming, to keep that pickup on it. You know what I mean? Because if if you're not getting it stripping when you're casting straight at fast current, that fish kind of sees it as just something drifting through, whether it's a leaf for. But when you're ripping it and it's got that right angle to look like a bait fish or you, you pull the profile real quick because your line is tight, you know, in that current and it gets pushed and you're still moving it, that's when it gets hit. And I think I think the faster, the better the bite. A game changer always looks like a fish in the water. <laughs> yeah. I've been fishing at him, and man. Well, in fast I can, current, I can it, do it, all it's kinds still of what it is. There, though. I could swing the fly through. Like, I, like Chad, yeah, I got one on the swing. And when I was with you, mm-hmm. and you got one that day on a hit I on hooked, the swing. I hooked one on a swing dude, also. I had a blow up just pulling my fly across the top that's of the what water, like. dude. And just, I, like, I, I was literally walking downstream, and all of a sudden, kapoor, I'm like, oh, god damn it. I should have been looking. There's been times I've I've had no leader, just the fly on the water, just to and do that repetitively. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like two or three times to drum one up, man. They're looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking at it, and they smash it, but. 
I'll just smack my fly on top of the water a bunch of times. Hell with it. Oh, I, thought no. you're so just, much shit. I thought you were just doing bad casts. No, dude. <laughs> that, see what they, if they see, think something's smashing on top of the water. Here's yeah, what happened. We knows. we get there, and I'm like, it's probably going to happen in the first cast or two. Mm-hmm. Be, be very, very ready. So he throws it up there, and here comes a fish. Like, didn't really, you know, blast the bait, but he was behind it and swiped. And I'm like, oh, man, right there. I'm like... And then a fish just blows up in the water in front of us. I'm like, this is happening. We're going to catch one. He throws it again. Another fish. I watch the fish, like, come up and eat it. I'm like, you got it. Pulled out. No fish. I'm like, oh, my God. They didn't, they didn't, weren't exploding on it. Like, they were coming up and you just know they weren't going through with the, the, the smash. They were coming up and sh- coming beside it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. So then it kind of died down. Another fish blew up, though. I'm talking right there. Not yep. all, not really tight it was like back and i'm like man we should be catching these fish i was like yeah give it a break just let's maybe fish out in the middle we'll come back to that so we go across the middle mean meantime he threw a musky fly that he tied up at i think it was like the monster mash or something and people were ragging it up there because it was you know what is that a dinky musky fly so it was a dinky musky fly but in turn it's was still it, seven inches yeah but it was a, a, a good bait fish fly a good striper fly so and wherever that fly may have been, it was getting looks and getting bit. My and, dad asked that mm. two shad. They were big boys. Oh, big, big shad. Over there. Oh, what so, would they be? Is that what he was hooking? Yeah. He asked to have two of those. He got a couple other, three smallmouth, but. but what are, which ones are those? Gizzards. Probably gizzards. Gizzard, gizzard chad? Yeah, the thread fins are the small ones, right? Okay. So the gizzards are the big. Yeah. I wonder if they eat those things. Don't oh, yeah. Uh, they, Listen, he we was throwing something to look like that then. I. We just moved across, and I'm letting him, you know, fish in front of me, fish the water first, and nothing's happening, nothing's happening. We're hitting all, like, good spots. I'm like, man, this is not panning out, not looking good. I had to take a picture of my fly and send it to check because I didn't know if he was going to get anything else. (laughs) So I'm like, ah, shit. And then right after that. You said next cast. Yeah, no, I, the oddest thing is, like, I just unhooked the fly from the holder, and I stood in the, like, corner pocket at the one side. And this was after the far, yeah, far the side? opposite side. Oh, this yeah. is after you know my new buddies. He fished all through there, and he started wading back out, and he changing flies, or changing shit, or trying to see what's happening. I just, I was like, I flicked it in like a bow cast in the first white water. That is very low water. Oh yeah, there ain't man. Nothing oh yeah. There, and no. just, I bring it like off the top of it, and just boom, explosion. I got this fish. It runs out there. It's like almost all around his legs and shit. <laughs> I get it in. I get it in. I'm like, oh, it's a small one. He's like, that's a small one. I'm like, yeah. It is decent. It's probably 18 incher. It fought like hell. But oh, I, yeah. You know what I mean? And and just how easy was it, you know, after all that tossing, you know, 60 foot cast and ripping it back as fast as you can a hundred times and not getting shit and then flick it in like that and catch one. I'm like, that's just how it is. I can't, I can't change it. They're here and then they're not. And then, <laughs> so about five minutes later, he hooks up after he, you know, he put that musky fly back on after he went through a few different flies and uh, hooks up a walleye, which he had never caught one. It was about 18, 19 incher, and it was had a blue tail, had that tin. Our our walleye in the river look a lot different than you know, our, I guess regular walleye around piney or they got just that real gold look you know what i mean ours got the deeper dark a little bit darker tint to them and the blue on the tail a little it's cool it's called pcb 
No, no, man. Actually, more <laughs> north, yeah, north, wild. north walleyes. There's blue walleyes. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's it's water depending or whatever it is, but yeah, no, that true. Call wild. Yeah, wild. We'll, we'll call that. That's a good word for it. But uh, sweet looking fish. I took shitty pictures I was of say, it. You took a great picture of it. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, the fucking guy did not hold walleye, right? Did he? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, Dick. What, yeah. what do you mean, dude? Name <laughs> like Dick. You should know how to hold everything. You gotta lip them. <laughs> you lip them. That's what he said. I don't want to lip them. I was like, you could. <laughs> Be the last fish you lip for about two weeks. <laughs> he knew better not to lip them. We didn't say he didn't know. He didn't know how to hold them. He just knew better not to lip them. Yeah, Jordan, so. Jordan had the same thing. He's like, dude, how? You know, he never caught a walleye. Well, I said, I said you can kind of give him the the one finger to the gill underneath, slide it up along because yeah. they got the wider face to him as the pike and stuff. He he said, I fuck caught a pike. I didn't know how to hold a fucker either. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, man, ain't no reason to go get fucked up. I always give the walleye just the belly hold. Yeah. Know? Yeah, no, that's yeah. kind of what he was pretty much on. So, got a quick photo. He was tickled. He had it. That fly was eight, though. It was a big fly, and he had it, like, halfway in his cheek, like, through the cheek meat. Were the you on the, hook. F- the far side for no, that as well? No, like, almost, yeah, I'd say almost dead middle, just favoring that side a little bit. Yeah, where that, it kind of drops there's, in. There's a little bit of structure above right there that creates, Oh, like yeah, that's old, different now. Yeah, it's, got a little it, log it jammed nice. in there. Got some extra water coming over. Yeah, but it actually holds those fish heavily. Dude, <laughs> oh, they were they were there. It was slow though, man. I think we had one or two other bumps maybe, and didn't even have a fish. We fished that other side again, you know, where we had the blow ups and couldn't just couldn't get shit to happen. It was sad, saddening. But got to meet a cool ass dude. Got to do some fishing, hang out, and for an afternoon, and we just stood on the bank. This kid came down, a bait fisherman, and uh, did you guys heckle him? A little bit, just unknowingly. <laughs> you know, I, I got away with words, but... Look at this fucking guy. No, no, I gave him the real loud, Hey, how you doing, bud? How, how's everything going? Uh, you know, that shit. But he don't know what that means. He's a bait fisherman for crazy things. He doesn't know what sarcasm is. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, we talked to him. I was like, catch any... I, I always try to learn what people know about the spot. You know, I mean, like... Information yeah. gets out too much. They know too much. So, what size do you catch? And when they say, you know, a 20 inch, I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's a big one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good I one love to when people are like, oh, 12 pounders. And they're like, that's not a 12 pound fish. Uh, I had somebody tell me 30. So, I <laughs> fucking no, no better. <laughs> all right, all right. 30, you're holding a 25 pound weight with it. <laughs> Your scale's off twenty five pounds. <laughs> no, nah, I'll tell you what. The, in the, general, in the eyes of, see, that's why I asked the question because in the eyes of certain people, they're like more of a meh, just another spot. Which that's great to me because that means you ain't gonna have to come back and be addicted. You know, like like I know some people could get and and fish do that to people. I'll tell you what. That picture I posted of uh, last week's guest John Shank on our Instagram page. That was probably a thirty-pound striper. Yes. Oh, I mean, ultimately, you know what I mean? That, that one was yeah. That one was huge. That's a lake fish. Yeah, but still, that that's a thirty-pound striper. Yeah, that fish yes. never fought current. You know what I mean? He's a he's a feeding machine. That's what the those fish in lakes can get like that. That's why our state record's fifty-three pounds. You know, fifty some pounds. So, yeah, had a great day with the, him. We bullshit for a little bit, and yeah, he's gonna a, be back around it, on Friday. Friday. Yeah, he mentioned so. Hopefully, when you guys could. I think I got to do a little work till in the afternoon. Depends on what time he is, but he's more than welcome to stop in. Heck yeah, man! He'll uh, he'll already be long gone by the time this thing airs. 
Hell yeah. Well, when we come back, who are we talking to, Be Chad? back with our guest. Edgar Diaz from Sightline Provisions. Bro, this ain't a bad song. What are you doing playing this, Chad? It's way better than Pat Benatar. I'll tell you what year this is from. Found an open then. O two. O one or O two. I would say O one, maybe even maybe even no. no, this was the second time we went to Canada and came back. And we are back with Edgar Diaz from Sightline Provisions. What's happening, Edgar? Hey, I'm just uh, hanging out here with you guys. Heck yeah, man. Hey, it's a, it's great to talk to you tonight. Um, for anyone that doesn't know you, can you give a little bit of a intro and a background? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, again, my name's Edgar Diaz. I founded uh, Sightline Provisions uh, right here in Austin, Texas. And what we do is, um, well what we meaning myself and my assistant is we make leather bracelets with, um, with laser cut. Well, they started out as laser cut stainless badges on the leather bracelets. So I designed the pieces and they're all like, there's outdoor designs and there's also a lot of fishing. Um, that's kind of like where my heart's been. But uh, when I first started the brand, it was mostly um, an out, an outdoor brand. And so I started that brand five years ago, almost to the day. And, um, we have grown steadily since then. Uh, we started out with, uh, two retailers and now we're up to about 118, 120, um, all around the world. And it's been, uh, it's been a crazy ride. I've been really, really, um, I mean, I, I'm a lucky guy put it that way even though some days i don't feel lucky but i have i am a really lucky guy i love the outdoors i primarily love to fly fish and to be able to do something and create a brand that um a brand that you know you are uh making these products that haven't ever existed and then being able to sell them and then get to know people in the industry and then get to go to places you never thought you'd ever get to go to, it's like a dream come true. So I just got to keep it going. <laughs> so that's, that's what I do. So what goes? So in I don't know if I told you what sideline provisions is about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, like what goes into, you know, developing a brand like this, and when did it come to you? You know, what were you, you know you're sitting there? I man, I want to do this. Yeah. Well, that that's a really that's a real interesting question because. Everyone wants that thing that they can do to get into what they love. Like they, you know, I've had many people ask me, how did you do it? How, did, how do I get to in, into the, the outdoor business? I really love the outdoors. I really love the fish. I want to do this. And to be honest, you know, I've been a full-time artist since 2000. So full-time visual artist creating, making a living by selling what I make since 2000 and so i think it's been a progressive journey from working art festivals all over the country uh to then you know doing commission work which you have to work with clients and and then i started working with leather in 2010 
and ma- I was making these leather cuffs that were antique inspired. So I would use antiques and, and I would create the, the cuff based off of the antique. And so my natural progression, I, I just like accidentally fell into like, oh, I can design something, have it laser cut. And then I would dictate what that bracelet or cuff would look like based off of the designs I was making. And I already had all the equipment in my studio. So I like from day one, I hit the ground running and it was pretty, it was pretty incredible that I can do that. But at the same time, I was ready to run and there was no one else with me because I had just started, I I came up with the brand like, okay, what am I going to call it? Uh, Sight line. I like things are you're in, they're in your sight line when you're walking, whether you're in the backyard or you you're out in the woods or on the water, there's a sight line to you that you can see in. And then what is it? What's in it? And that's kind of how Sightline Provisions came about. And so um, I pretty much was just faking it. <laughs> All the way till you make it, some, right? Some would say I'm still faking it. Um, oh, yeah. But I can definitely look look at what I've created um, in terms of the retailership, the brand, and the friends, and the community, and the fly fishing world in the fly fishing industry. And I can, I, I can, I could stand firm on that foundation and say, I've accomplished something. Doesn't mean that's where I want to end up. Um, I want, I want sightline provisions to keep growing as a brand and have it be like a mantra, something that people look forward to. And so, um, yeah, you know, in terms of a formula there, I mean, honestly, like I said, I've just been doing it like from the first day sitting in my studio thinking, okay, so what do I do now? Because I've got all these products, but no one knows about it. No one wants to buy it. Um, so the, the big break for me was Instagram. Because there, you don't need to have a following. You can just hashtag your way through it, you know, and just get people to see your products based off of um, algorithms and hashtags. So uh, that was my formula. There was no marketing plan. There still isn't a marketing plan. <laughs> And I've just been kind of uh, learning as I go, but I've been really lucky to meet some great people. And 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 and, and I know it's going to sound corny, but every single sale is like a little piece of that puzzle because there's people that want to be able to um, to be able to be part of something. And it's not necessarily that they're um, making it or they're promoting it, but when you buy a piece, you are supporting. Uh, any maker or any brand, especially, you know, grassroots level brands. So um, I feel really lucky. So behind the, the, I guess, leather working, what was that just a hobby? How did that become a thing for you? Well, the leather work what came about from um, just a really bad run that I had um, as an artist uh, doing art festivals and, uh, in like 2009, I was really burnt out. You know, you do these art festivals, um, you do 20 to 30 a, a year. That's like, that's a lot of days on the road. And I was having a bad run and I just needed to get away from my art and just do something that would kind of take me away from having to make artwork to sell. And I started working with some leather at a friend's studio and I thought, oh, I never had a cuff before. I'm going to make myself a cuff. And I have this really cool antique uh, number badge. And I 
put it on that on the piece of leather and I wore it around and people started stopping me, asking me where that, you know, where where did I get that piece? And I'm like, I just made it. And and then it's kind of just like I left it alone. I didn't want to corrupt it yet. Um, I wanted to be able to enjoy it. And so um, so that's kind of how I just it was more like a stress reliever to do something different other than my artwork. So it was, I guess, a hobby, but then being able to um, to understand what I can possibly do with it was was crucial. Uh, but it took a little bit. I didn't just jump into it. And I was already in that in that kind of art selling your art type phase in my life. And I could easily have gone straight to that. But I took a little bit of time to, to just develop my style. So everything I do is self-taught. So that's. Yeah, it's 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 part hobby, part passion, and then you know you put that together, and you're lucky enough to have a business with it. So I have a question for you. Um, I was listening to a, a barbecue podcast today, and they said there are 13 million cows in Texas as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How hard is it for you to source leather from 13 million cows in the state that you live in? You know what I mean? Because not everybody. I, I I mean. I don't necessarily go out there and get the cows, but <laughs> I went, I went to Ooh, that looks like a good piece of leather. A couple of weeks ago, and we we're at the field, and there was a dead cow there that had been there for probably a year. And I started looking at the at the hide, and I'm thinking that leather looks like it's tan, but it's not. <laughs> it probably would hold up well. It's on one side tan. Um, don't don't see the other. I haven't side. I haven't yet gone that far into the DIY side of things. Um, although I have had a rattlesnake, uh, that, um, my friend, uh, Thomas with, uh, Diablo paddle sports, they make, um, these awesome stand up paddleboard kayaks here in right by my house. And he had a rattlesnake that bit him. Oh no. And Is he, he okay? survived. And, um, he had the, the, the hide, he had the skin, uh, tanned and, uh, I made him like a kick-ass bracelet with it. And I don't do that very often because if I did that, I'd have like a bunch of stuff here that I don't want here. <laughs> You'd be backed um, up for years, a buddy. Of mine, so I, I, I wanted to do that for him. So I've been really sourced my own stuff. I I use um Horween leather, and Horween is based out of Chicago, Illinois, and it's all American-made leather. Uh, and they've got like a rich, rich history of um they're over a hundred years old, and they make some of the best, the world's best leather. So that's how I've transitioned that into, uh, you know, using those kind of leathers. So it, it seems like you're trying to keep everything made in the USA because you said your badges were made in Texas. Is, in yes. New Mexico yeah, we have them well, made right? here in Texas. Um, every Everything is made in Texas except um, the rivets. The rivets, uh, they're, they're imported. I... I'm kind of finicky on how they fit, how they look on my, on my bracelets. And, um, and so they're like four different styles of rivet. And so I haven't been able to find any, any rivets that would like domestically that are made. And I'm sure they exist, but um, for the most part, the leather, the badge, the craftsmanship, you know, everything's here. So here in, 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 in Texas. In my studio, which is, you know, and I've got a house and I've got a breezeway. I've taken over the garage and it's a, it's a little leather factory. 
That's cool, man. Awesome. So yeah. I was I was gonna ask. Uh, you know, you said you have a more wide variety. Like it's, it's a more of an outdoor. It's not just fishing. You know, I see the the musky ones. I see the fish ones, and that's what's popping up on my feed. And like you said, you how you went through the algorithms, things like that. <clears throat> Great idea. But that's that's how you sell stuff in in this day and age. And and with that being said, what are some of your your favorite designs that that are aren't fish related? And and I do have a suggestion. I'm gonna throw it out there. You know these mushroom hunter crazy types man dude they would love a morel one or something you'd you'd sell out quick yeah well um i'll let i'll i'll i got this stuff blowing up over here um <laughs> they know you're recording <laughs> i know like what the heck so one of the things that i do is when i first started i was making a badge for everything anyone comes up to me and says hey you should make this and i'd make it and it was fun but what happens is you start getting overloaded with designs and ideas, and then you're serving a small segment of that outdoor uh, marketplace. Um, if these were made by my by myself, or like if I was just making this as a hobby, of course I'd, it'd be it'd be fun to do that. But once you start selling in stores and you're selling all over the world with these retailers, you're your um your resources start to get the, 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 you just don't have the bandwidth to just be able to take off take take off and make everything you want. It's a lot and of overhead, right? With the brand, have... you want it you want it to make sense, you know. So like a morel mushroom, of course, like who doesn't love to go find these amazing mushrooms? It's the the hunt is part of the excitement of of I think getting them. Um, but then where you know the, the where are you gonna sell those? Oh, true. And, no doubt. Seasonal. Hard it's a, it's a seasonal I, thing. I hate shooting down ideas all the time because Wait, I, I you, get up with ideas all the time. And You just said you um, know how to use Instagram. Uh -huh. <laughs> what was that? I said you just said you know how to use Instagram. <laughs> I do, but I'm I'm tapped out, man. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. No, I mean, outside of fishing, though, there are some other designs that are just wildlife-related, right? Or nature-related. Oh, yeah. so, We've got um, we've caught we've got one that's called the Tectonic Rush, and it's a mountain range. It's it's basically patterned after the Tetons um, in Wyoming, uh, and it's just that is what it, the significance to that is. The day, the moment I kind of like thought this was an actual reality to create this line, I was standing at this outlook where you could see the Tetons. And to yeah. me, it was like this moment of like, okay, there's a possibility, there's possibility here. And so that's one of my designs. It's a mountain range. And then I've got an arrow. I've got um, an elk antler. So it's like a, almost, it looks like a shed. Like you, like you almost walked upon the shed and you might just pick it up. Um, obviously if you're hunting for elk, it's going to symbolize that to you. Um, I've got some bird dogs for, you know, bird hunting. Uh, let's see. You have a lab, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I got the lab. Yeah. I got the German short-haired pointer. Do you have a bicycle? I do have a – I do have a – I love the mountain bike, which I don't do as much, but I have a mountain bike. Um, but it's basically a bicycle. Um, so I'm trying to think what else. 
I got a lot of. I, it, it's called the Outdoor Collection, which I know it sounds really original, but I just wanted <laughs> to show that there was other things other than fishing. I I will say your there your, are your elk shed is probably my favorite design that you did, and I've yeah. I've never seen an elk closer than. 120 yards from me, you know, like it's not something we see on the regular, nothing I've ever went and chased, but that's still, I think the coolest design that oh, like visually capturing. Yeah. And that's part of it too, is you want to, you want to leave some room for interpretation for some people. Now, like, you know, obviously if you do a bass, it's a bass, you're looking at a bass, but then typically someone who's buying a bass is already, they already love the outdoors. They already love, you know, get on the water and then they start attaching memories to that bracelet, you know, things that have happened while that, you know, the lucky bracelet, that type of thing. Um, when it comes to like a more outdoor looking piece, it, it just keeps like, like I said, there's a lot of other, there's some more room there for you to kind of imagine what it means to you. And you have, it seems like an equal, uh, dispersion between freshwater and saltwater fish. Is that, uh, is that true, or is that just my eyes playing tricks on me? No, I I think that's true. I mean, I, I'm pretty partial to trout. Um, so you know, I have like three or four different, probably five, if you include the bronze pieces, um, versions of the Trout 2.0, which is probably my number one seller. Um, but I think you're right. I think it might be it might it might be off by five or ten, but there's a there's a significant amount of saltwater and freshwater and does, species. Does that um, coincide with the way you like to fish yourself? Or get the um, fish? Yeah, I think so. You know, I I live I live three hours from the coast. I don't go there enough. I was just there yesterday, but I'm starting to realize, you know, if I wake up at three thirty in the morning, take off at four. I could I could watch the sunrise on the coast, go fish for six hours, and drive home for dinner. So can we talk about yesterday's fishing a little bit? Because you were telling me yeah. offline, and that sounded like a goddamn hoot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I went out with Captain Jack. Uh, uh, well, not Captain Jack. But Captain Jack Productions, who's Yako Lucas, filmmaker and fishing guide, and he's a traveling angler. He he's got his own company. Um, but he started guiding here in Texas, uh, a little under two years ago. And, um, I went out with him and I went out with my, uh, my rep and one, another ambassador of mine, uh, Stephen Seaton, uh, uh, Lone Star Lobo on Instagram, him and I went together and the agenda was crazy. It was like, go out, look for jacks in the morning and then, come, you know, go up to the marsh and, and or try to even see a tarpon maybe we do have you know some tarpon here so maybe we saw a tarpon which is very unlikely to hook into but the jacks were were the the, the thing we we're looking for uh, and then we went up to um to this marsh area it was all flooded because of the hurricane in louisiana um and we had these big black drum like 50 pounds just tailing like crazy it was like it looked like a broom like a broom was out of the water <laughs> and you could see it from like 500 feet away. And uh, we probably had like 10 shots each and they were so they're digging for oysters and they're just crushing oysters and you're just trying to drop your fly somewhere near their mouth <laughs> and they just weren't having it. Um, but it was amazing. That, I mean, I, 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 
I finally told Yako, I could just grab him. It, that's how close we were. <laughs> Good noodling for Black him, Drum. <laughs> but obviously that wouldn't be fun. Um, and then we went back, and then we caught another Jack. And it was just, it was a great day. And, the, and, and oh, and in the afternoon, it was like slick, calm glass on the coast, which is weird. That doesn't Never normally happens. happen. So you could see everything. It was pretty cool. So um, you also went to the the Seychelles, correct? To uh, fish for jeets. Yes. Do, yeah. So. So how's it um, compare with our Jack Traval? Oh from- man, I was having I was having flashbacks. I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, we got on the flat um, yesterday, and we're about like three to four foot of water, and there were birds, so we knew their jacks were around. And um, once you see a little blow up, you just cast in that direction. And some of the and these jacks were just coming out of the water like, um, like you know, submarines like rising out. It was pretty incredible. And it definitely, I had flashbacks of um, the Seychelles, which um, for those that don't know, the Seychelles is in the Indian Ocean. And it's just a toll. So it's like a coral island, basically. And you've just got these, these amazing flats. And you're fishing for these anywhere between 20 and 100 pound apex predators. And they eat birds. They eat other fish, obviously. They eat sharks. They're just, they're they're scary um, if you're a fish. And uh, I got to go there. And that was basically on the other side of the world. And they're one of our retailers. They've got a, a gift shop and a dive shop there, so they sell our products there. So I had to, I had to go check out the products, make sure they were fine. Sure, so, you had to um, go check it out. I was able to go out there, and it was just amazing. I mean, uh, you got bonefish, giant trevally, triggerfish, hermit. Um, you can go blue water fishing right off. Like you could see the island where you're, where the blue water fishery is. So I actually I hooked into a um a sailfish and i ended up losing them but it was it was an amazing five seconds it was pretty <laughs> awesome to see that real stream um so that that was a pretty amazing opportunity so in terms of seeing these jack Ravel attack a fly yesterday it brought back fly like i was like wow were you they are, they're like G, they're gts but obviously they're closer were you using the same style flies oh yeah yeah, same bait fish fly, about like four or five inches long. Um, what, just like a deceiver yeah. style fly? What was that? Just like a deceiver style fly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, uh, yeah, and use um, a lighter rod. And, and Yako just took it out of my, I, you know, I had my flies from the Seychelles. I just opened up my box and he picked one of the flies out of there and said, dip. And I think, you know, that, that was the same fly we were catching GTs on. That's awesome. So you just like like you're using a ten weight for the GTs and you're using what seven weight for the Jack? Oh no, you use a twelve weight for the GTs. Okay, twelve weight. There you go. Even, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can get away with a ten weight if you're in a pinch. You know, it's sure. like let's say you're on a flat and you don't have your twelve weight and you see a GT. If you broke in all your twelves, you probably change out your fly, but you'll probably be sorry. It's going to take you two hours to bring a fish like that in with a 10 weight. I mean, it, it would take me because I'm not that experienced, but um, I've got a 12 weight. I took the 12, 12 weight out yesterday just because I just 
some of these fish will go up to 50 pounds. Hmm. I mean, they're, and, and there's, I mean, my buddy, you know, Steven was bringing it in on 11 weight and it took him a good 20 to 30 minutes to bring in these jacks. That's so, awesome. That sounds awful. How, Just awful. How big were the jacks <laughs> that he was catching? So he caught one, I would say is about 30, one of them was about 30 inches long. And then the other one was probably like 36 inches long. We got, we got pictures of them on the webs on the, on at sightline provisions on Instagram. You'll see the jacks that we took. Um, I got some great shots, even though I didn't get the, I mean, I had two misses on jacks and I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they might've been late refusals because these fish don't miss very often. And I had two miss with the same color fly. So I'm thinking, I don't know. I think it might've been a refusal because we're all stripping it in and you could see one of them came from the side and just jumped and like out of the water, like not out of the water, but just came up and totally missed it, which is weird. So the retrieve for these guys, are you doing the, uh, the underarm two handed strip or you can, um, you know, sometimes you're in the middle of it. You're just, you just strip as fast as you can with one hand, just trying to get through it. Same thing with the GTs. Um, GTs is like the, the, the thing they told me to do since I'd never fished with GT, they said, don't look up. You cast that fly out to them. You see it. You see that it lands where you need it to land. And you just start stripping and, and look at the top of your rod. <coughs> Excuse me. And don't look up. <laughs> because <laughs> they don't want you to raise your rod tip right yeah well that and and they said once you feel that line go tight you just start yanking on that rod and that fly line and set that hook but don't look up until you know that fish is on and i i did that i caught three gts i did that every time so it seems to work it's Tested yeah, it, I think tested you know, you'll get excited. You see a you see a fish like that kind of coming at your fly. You might you know you, you don't know you, you can freeze up. <laughs> yeah, you know because what's crazy is if you miss one strip, the fish knows it and they just come off. They don't even look at it. I was gonna say we we do a little bit of hybrid fishing here and single hand stripping fast. I miss the line sometimes. You know that's mm-hmm. why the double handed strip. I think it it keeps your hands in motion more and less chance to miss the fly line yeah especially if you're looking at it because he's just looking and focusing and just retrieving that in without worrying about whether and you know if your line gets to you you just cast it back out i maybe i should have done it yesterday i don't know <laughs> hey man you live and you learn and i'm, I'm sure yeah. if that's a technique uh yako wanted you to do he would have told you right he would have told me yeah so, yeah. I uh, I was going through your website and saw another thing. You have watch bands. Yeah, so I've really um, I've been kind of a, kind of like making them a little bit here and there. Um, and this fall, I've I've decided to just go full in and 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 just do the watch bands. Um, they fit twenty millimeter watches. And I really don't do anything other than that because that is the same size as my strap for the regular classic look piece. Um, the classic, uh, the first um, generation, that strap is the same size. And so in order to make any other millimeter watch band, I'd have to cut them and trim them and that would, it's just not worth it. 
financially, like for the time it takes, it would just, it, it, it can't do it. So eventually I'll make some other sizes. And the number one thing I hear is like, can you make one for an Apple watch? And I'm like, no. That, that was going to be my question for you. I don't. Because I, don't. I have an Apple no. watch and I never wear it because it looks so douchey. <laughs> but I, I would wear it if it, I could put a musky patch on it, you know? I know. I know. Believe me, I'm like the dumbest guy in the world because I'm just like saying no to Apple. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm an Apple guy. I got my MacBook, I got my Apple iPhone, I got, you know, Apple TV. I just had never gotten into the Apple Watch. Well, I, my work, I, I got one, or I got a watch for being there for 10 years. And they said, what do you want? And I was like, I have an iPhone, might as well take an Apple Watch. And mm-hmm. I've worn it one time. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't like the design. I think it looks like um, like a Tic Tac. Well, I, I wouldn't... Chi- no, 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 a chiclet. You remember those guns from Mexico? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's just... And I, I'm Mr. Gadget, and my wife's like, you don't... I can't believe you don't have an Apple Watch. You know, like, I don't... You know, and I don't want to say I'll never make one. I just, right now, it's just not my vibe. Um, you know, I've been buying a lot of Timex watches for um, just to kind of like show you what you can what you can have. Uh, and I got one of that Timex smart watches, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it, and it looks like a watch, it's circular. I think that's what I like. I like it to be circular, and and yeah, I haven't really. I know I'm leaving money on the table, but. I don't know. Yeah, the Apple Watches aren't circular. <laughs> like you said, they look like a <laughs> chiclet. <clears throat> um, you also did a collab with uh, Nautilus Reels. Yes. Can, yeah. Can well, you talk about what went into that? Yeah. So I've gotten to know Nautilus for the past three years. Um, the owner, Chris and Mustad, he, uh, him and I have gotten to know each other pretty well. And, um, you know, obviously I love their Reels. And uh, when I first met him, it was kind of like, you're kind of like a little starstruck. Even though I still didn't really know what I was talking about, fly gear-wise, I still was like, well, I know they're a big deal. They've got these beautiful reels. <laughs> and uh, and then a lot of the ambassadors that I had were ambassadors for Nautilus, so I got to know the brand that way, too. Um, so we um, last year, in October, we, we started talking about having sightline provisions the badge designs engraved on the reels and they've done this with uh paul puckett i mean they've got his designs on on the reels that you can get laser engraved and so to have our designs it was like huge feather in my cap and i'm like dude that would be awesome and um and so we we have it we don't have the option on their website but we've started to do um, special edition pieces here where, you know, we'll, we'll have a badge put on um, a certain style reel and then it can be purchased through our website um, at sitelineprovisions.com. But, um, you know, we, so we've done that. We've also done some special editions that were fundraisers for, um, we did a fundraiser here locally, Port O'Connor, uh, uh, Texas, uh, there's a, a salinization plant that's being proposed that would just tear up the, that estuary that in that whole area would just ruin the fishing and the, and the, and the wildlife there. So we did that last year. Um, and we, you know, we sold them. Uh, they've also worked with the no pebble mine, um, effort 
And so we've kind of done things hand in hand. So it's been nice to be able to work with such a great company and they make a great product, you know, and they're beautiful. Hey, also speaking of the fundraisers, you did something for the, for the guides that were out of work here uh, at the beginning of the COVID uh, situation. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, when, when COVID started, I think everyone, obviously we didn't know what we were dealing with, had no idea what we were going to be encountering. And, um, and me myself as a business owner was like in a brand, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do now? Cause everyone, you know, you need food, you need water, you need, you know, groceries, you don't need bracelets. Um, and so I kind of like was, had a little freak out moment and then I, I decided to work with my retailers by doing these, um, these retailer takeover days where I would sell for one day and then we would split the sales with that certain retailer. So we did that and it was, it was going really well. And then I thought, well, shit, all these, all these guides right now, they're getting their, all the, you know, especially in Florida, obviously the whole Gulf, Gulf Coast, but, you know, the people on you in Florida were getting their, their, their trips canceled and there's no, you don't get any money out of it. So I thought, well, we're doing so well with these retailer takeovers with our, with our shops. Maybe I can find a way to kind of like do something for the guides. And so um, I've got uh, my friends over at uh, Frigate Reserve Rum, which is what I'm drinking right now. Uh, I talked to Graham and I said, is there anything you can do to like, we can work together and, and do something special. And so basically we, they, they rallied and they, um, we made 10 of the flasks of the whiskey leatherworks flasks. I don't know if you've seen those on our website. I did. Yeah. Okay. Those look pretty dope. Yeah. We did a special one with the frigate reserve badge on it, which you can't buy them. They're like, when you do an event and go to one of their events, which have only had two, they're party favors. And there's only like a handful of people at those events. So that's the only way you get one of these. So um, Graham and I decided, let's just, let's make 10 and, and put a big bet, you know, $350 on them. And, and then the, those flasks would be dispersed amongst um, four Florida guides. And then also with me, I was selling all, like I was, I was sharing my profits for the weekend with uh, four other guides. One of them was Chris Wellen, which I know, you know. Yeah. We just had him on, uh, actually when this airs, he'll have been on last Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, um, you know, we basically, I set up a collection uh, so when you look at my website, there'll be different collections. There'll be like the Lost Cast collection. There's the Saltwater collection. So we did like the Chris Wallen collection. And you can buy a piece in that collection and that guide would get 50% of that sale. And then I even added like a virtual tip jar <laughs> and people were buying those. <laughs> and so it was, it was really cool. You know, it worked, it helped everyone out. Obviously the, the guides, I couldn't help every guide, which, you know, it was kind of like, you're looking at a big giant mountain of, of despair and like, and, and trying to figure out what they're going to do. But I, 
I don't know. I just wanted to do something to kind of like say I helped um, our guide community. And we did a couple of them and they went pretty well. Uh, so it was fun. It was fun to do it. And it was great to see people, especially, you know, primarily the fly fishing in this uh, community, because that's who I'm really keyed in with. It was really cool to watch everyone rally and do something um, and, and kind of be, you know, try to do something to help other people. And, um, and we saw that with the retailer takeovers too. There were people buying two and three bracelets just because they're like, I want my shop to get, you know, 50% of that since I can't go visit them. And it was pretty cool. That's why I ended up buying uh, the arrow bracelet for my stepdad. I saw that you were doing all this stuff for all the guys in the fly industry. I was like, mm-hmm. God damn, that's really cool. I said, I don't wear bracelets. Maybe if you made an Apple Watch wristband, I'd put it on. But, <laughs> but I I would like to support somehow. So I bought my stepdad well, that, that arrow uh, bracelet. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear that. I, You know, it, I got emails People telling me like, dude, I've never seen these bracelets, and I only found out of it about it because of you know, people were talking about it, or I saw it on someone's Instagram, or because what would be cool is people would start sharing that through their stories on Instagram, so then they would share it, and other people would see it, and it was really cool. I mean, it was it was it was great business, and people kept saying like, oh, dude, that's so awesome, you get your your it's like charity, and I'm like, no, we're working together. Yeah. Because if I get Chris to promote this online trunk show or this 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 event, that's I mean, we're 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 working together as businesses to raise to make money. So I always made sure people knew that this was this isn't a fundraiser. This is just us doing what we can to help our people in our in our industry in our community to earn money and that's what it turned into which is great so even you know on that note have you uh have you got the fish for viewed musky fish on the fly have you tried that have you gotten the you know any freshwater fishing at all you come up north? yeah yeah um i actually got to go freshwater fishing with um jimmy dobes in uh right out right south of tennessee and he's a good friend of Chris's, and um He's my rep there in the southeast, and uh, we did the, the Atlanta fly fishing show in February of 2018, and and then we went straight up to Tennessee afterwards, and we went we went and uh, tried it for a day. Um, we didn't catch any. We I saw a couple musky. They kind of like there were smaller ones that kind of went off the bow, like kind of like just they were just really tight to the. They weren't really showing themselves, and. Um, uh, Jimmy's girlfriend at the time, now she's his wife, um, she caught two of them, uh, but <laughs> she was fly fishing, and she's like, all right, give me the plastic, I want to go for it, I want to catch something. <laughs> Heck and yeah. uh, that was pretty awesome to watch her catch, he's musky. So, um, so I, I have felt the pain of musky fishing, I, like physical. That was a regular day, man. Yeah, man. What are you talking about? Muskies are ass. Zero is good. Yeah. Well, 10 weights with weighted line, that is brutal that is brutal work i mean and then the and then doing the figure eight at the end and every time like oh, i'm not gonna do it this time and, and your guide's like no you do it every time yeah man because if you don't know. if you don't there's a fish following yeah it's murphy's law it's, Mur- <laughs> it's murphy's <laughs> law <laughs> we uh we're very versed in musky fishing and in, in everything that sucks about it but uh <clears throat> um hey one 
one more question about the uh, the bracelets. You yeah. a lot of guys that wear them saltwater fish, right? Uh, yeah. How do they hold up in the salt water? Um, last thing I heard was Jerry Seinfeld saying he couldn't get his leather jacket wet. You know. Yeah. So what what's the uh, the durability with them in the in the salt water and the fresh? Well, let's just say it's not recommended, but really encouraged. Okay. You know, <laughs> can't. Buy, I don't buy a second one like, if you don't. You you'll get rust. You'll get um, the leather actually does a really good job of of maintaining. It's the metal components that do uh, eventually will rust out. Um, but we've got guides and 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 people that wear them in the salt water and pretty much abuse the bracelets. And so um, we do do we do replace some of the rivets. Um, you know, if someone's like got one and they're like, look, the rivet just crumbled. Just I just have them send them to me, and we'll put a brand new. Um, I have found some brass rivets, so I'll put a brass rivet in there and then send it back. Um, and we also do reconstruction. We have a program called the rebuild program on the website. So if you've got a bracelet that's just nasty and you're like, man, this thing stinks. I don't want it anymore, but I really want to keep that badge. We repurpose your badge and put it on a brand new bracelet and make a whole new bracelet out of it for $35. That's sick. And, um, yeah. and part of it is just wanting to, continue that good mojo of that of that of that badge i'm sure they get really sweet patina after being out in the weather and the elements in the you know soil, they you know? used to we used to make them out of um, mild steel um and they'd get this amazing patina but now they're made out of stainless so they don't rust huh. but um you know they get they get dinged up and scratched up and they look great and especially the bronze ones those get really good patina they, those are awesome that's and silver cool. ones too, but um, <laughs> yeah. So they, but they take, they will hold up if you expose them to salt water. You just rinse them off. Yeah, just like fresh. like your fly reel, right? Yeah, and you know, I just throw them on like one. There's one, the redfish one I used yesterday is on the um on the dash of my truck. I just leave it there for a day, and it kill, and it just it dries it out. Well, the Texas heat with the uh, oh, the yeah. glass, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you know, we are going through a cold spell. It was 85 today. So oh, I feel, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> 40 degrees here when I woke up. Oh, I was wearing a pair of shorts. It's starting, though. Damn yeah. right. It's starting. So um, I did notice that I saw one fly on a, a bracelet that you made. Are mm-hmm. you planning on making more flies, or is it just going to be all game changers well, we, all the time? We've got... Um, we've got the dry fly, which is oh, one of the original okay. designs. We've got a streamer, which is kind of like a, it, it, it's when I first started. So it's not necessarily like, I can't tell you what it is. I just kind of put it on there. <laughs> I like the silhouette. Um, we've got the game changer fly by Blaine Chocolate. He's one of our um, ambassadors, one of our sideline provisioners. So we've got the, the, the Blaine train. Um we just we are just coming out for fall. We're coming out with a new dry fly. It's the same design, but it's in a different badge format. So it's a total. It's a it's still a badge, but it's in a different style. So we'll be debuting that soon. Um, and then we've got uh, we just did a one for a black fly 
Lodge in the Bahamas. Okay. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Fly Outfitters. Isn't that um, Vaughn Miller's? Or what was that? Didn't Vaughn Miller make that yeah, Black Fly yeah. logo? So that, lo- that artwork, um, that is now on a bracelet. It's on a badge that we made for Black Fly Outfitters in the Bahamas that partnered with them. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the uh, the artwork, and that's pretty sick. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's just an amazing design. Um, you know, I was like, are you guys sure we can do this? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're partnered up with them. It's good, all right. All right, I'm, I'm all in because that's a badass piece. Now, you can only buy it through Black Fly Lodge, you know, if you're there. So that that's the way I, you know, I, you know, I just made it from. Um, but, uh, hey, excuse yeah, me, I, I said Von Miller. I mean Von Cochran, right? Von Miller plays for the Broncos. Yes. <laughs> Jay just pointed out. He's like, Von Miller, it's Von I Cochran. I was just gone with it. <laughs> yeah, we, I was like, Von Miller, that. the football player? We like, yeah, I didn't wow. know he was a fly fishing guy. Yeah, like, yeah, what a cool, and he even takes steroids. <laughs> well, he's a chicken farmer. <laughs> Probably. No, he is. I saw him on Ellen. I'm sure. I, you would yeah, have. well, he, you know, he, he's kind of a renaissance guy. I could see him being a designer, too. Yeah, probably. He, he, but, uh, has, he has good fashion yeah. sense, at least. But, um, yeah. That, so we do have uh, different flies. I don't I don't know. We're, I, I, I've got a few. There's a fly tire here in town that we're talking about doing a collaboration. So that'll be fun. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm always interested in seeing what's new coming down the pipe. Um, Edgar, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to? That you want to talk about? Oh, man. Um no, I think I think it's been you know like I said it's been fun doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm 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 just this month is my five year mark starting sightline provisions and um definitely appreciate what I've been able to do and the people that have helped me um, from every person that's bought a piece to you know someone in the industry that has kind of like taking me under their wing and, and promoted my brand when they didn't have to. Um, but being able to create, a, it, it, you know, come up with a, a new fresh take on, you know, there's a million bracelets out there. There's a million, whatever, tchotchke things. There's a lot of, there's a million high-end bracelets out there, but to be able to stand out for what you do, that's like unheard of. And that and you feel really fortunate when that happens. And that's what I feel like. I feel really lucky that I've been able to create something from the ground up and, and been able to enjoy, obviously the lockdown just came on the, the, during this year, but, you know, I've been able to travel to Argentina for a trout, uh, for Jurassic Lake trout, Jurassic Lake Lodge. I've been able to go to um, Tulum, Mexico, Ascension Bay to fish for a permit and, and bonefish and then obviously the Seychelles have been really lucky. So I, I would just say, I don't know. I think I, I'm really happy. I can't wait to see what the next five years brings, but um, no, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about it, about the future. And I'm looking forward to hopefully getting through all this stuff with COVID and kind of getting back out there. Cause it's always fun to go to these shows and meet people. Yeah. That, that's right. one of and, our and, favorite and, things and have them tell me their story. Because they're like, they'll hold their, their bracelet up to my face and they go like, dude, <laughs> I caught, and then they go into this whole thing and it's just fun. Smell the that's, why I made, that's why I started Sightline, is to have those memories attached to your bracelet 
so that, you know, when you're 80 years old and you hopefully you still have your bracelet, you're just like, it, it can really be comforting and, and, and just, you can remember those, those moments you had in the field or on, on the water. Can, can I ask one I, etiquette question about bracelet? I have one extra sure. question too, after Chad. Um, people wear, right-handed people wear watches on their left hand. Is it the same with the bracelet or is it just up to interpretation? It's up. It's, it's open to interpretation because I'm wearing my watch on my right hand. Oh, okay. But I, but I've heard that where people are like, I wear my watch. I'm like, it's whatever is comfortable. I, and I try to put it on my on my left hand. And I used to wear it on my left when I was a kid, but for some reason, I I don't do it anymore. And I tried it for like a week, and I had to switch it back to my right. Um, plus the tan mark, the tan line looks <laughs> awful. You um. Know. So it's whatever makes you comfortable. How about that? You had mentioned like earlier about selling your artwork for a while, but even before you got into doing uh, the leather work and everything like this, uh, was that all 3D design or was that uh, like a 2D, like was that uh, like water paint or was it always a 3D yeah. design you were selling? It was 3D. Um, it was low relief paper sculptures, low relief aluminum sculptures. I was actually cutting aluminum cans out and I would flip them. So you just see the silver side. And I would I would make these skylines out of them, and then people wouldn't know that there were cans; they just saw silver. And and this was like eighteen or twenty years ago when people weren't doing green art. This is me just kind of like liking the way the can looked on the inside. Um, so everything has always been like almost in a shadow box format. That's what I've done. That's what I did for eighteen years. And do you ever go back and do that, like just playing around now? Um, once in, I've got some uh, pieces. Uh, actually, I'm looking at a at a tarpon badge, one of the sightline tarpon badges. It's about two feet wide, and it's uh, I put it in a shadow box wood frame, and so I didn't cut that out, but I had it lasered out. Um, so I'll still kind of go back to what I used to do. Um, Sometimes I'll do things for fun, but for the, you know, right now, my fun, my hobbies have been primarily fly fishing. Hell every, yeah. every, every time I can get out, I go out and fish. I got local streams and creeks by my house, as well as uh, rivers and lakes, and then obviously the coast. So that, I spend most of my free time doing that. That's one more thing I, I want to touch on before we let you get going, Edgar. Um, you and me spoke about it earlier, and you guys have the, the Texas cichlids. And we haven't talked yeah. to anyone on here yet that has had any experience with those. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. those fish? Yeah, I mean, they're, they are just a beautiful fish. You would think they were going to be in the Seychelles in the middle of the Indian Ocean. They're like kind of like slate gray with like turquoise spots. And they're super aggressive. And they've got these big humps that the, that the bucks get. You know, they got this big old hump the males get on their, on their forehead during them. Um, their uh breeding season but um they're so beautiful when you hold them and they are like so they're technically an invasive invasive species here but they're a texas fish from the rio grande uh drainage so but you can find them in in uh, louisiana you can find them in different parts of the of, of the south um where they are like been let go because they're aquarium pets but they're like when you're the most beautiful ones are when i'm just creeping in my in my little creek here by my house and you just see like a 
you see an eight inch cichlid, it's like almost like a like a dinner plate <laughs> shape. It's so cool looking. And um and they are just so aggressive and then get them on a three weight or a four weight rod, it's just so much fun. And then you hold them and you're like it's like looking into like I know it's gonna sound really corny, but everyone you know, we all have our captions for Instagram. It's like looking into the galaxy. <laughs> or you know, I've got the galaxy in my hand because that's what it looks like. It's like the mil- it's like you see these spots on this fish, and this is beautiful. That's awesome, man! I can't wait to someday go down and catch one. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. So, Edgar, where uh, where on the socials can people find you? Well, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, primarily, Instagram is the one I've really gravitated to. That's the one I really understand. Um, and so you'll find us if you just type in site line provisions. So S I G H T line provisions, you'll find us. Um, and then you can always Google, you know, site line bracelets or site line provisions. It'll pop up and, you know, you can go to our website, uh, but primarily I use Instagram. You can get no a whole- TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you uh, you respond to Instagram messages too if people have questions. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. People have questions if they have one, and they're like, you know, this happened. I, I'm always open. I mean, I I still do all my customer service, um, which can get pretty taxing sometimes when you're like trying to get a, a deadline done. But um, I think that's been important to my growth is people really believing in what I'm doing and that I back it up. You know, personally. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it's a one or two man show, man. Yeah. Yeah. What? What possesses you to pick the stupid shit? I picked Nappy Roots. Uh, I a picked wonderful a, song from our. our, our yeah. You're picking a wonderful song from our our teenage years. I'm yes. picking. I'm also picking a wonderful song from our teenage years by Guar. Guar. <laughs> we have. We could uh, praise Odorous. I prefer Lunch Meat Sandwich <laughs> by them, but I'm sure this song makes me laugh so hard. Yeah, you guys are silly. But anyway, big <laughs> shout out to Sightline Provisions uh, for the chat. And uh, sounds like one hell of a five-year ride, man. You're you're doing it, so good yeah, job, ha- bud. Happy anniversary. I'm sure this is the way he wanted us to, to come back after that. Uh, yeah, fucking after that great, Yeah. After that great <laughs> interview. <laughs> after they fuck the animal, tan the hide and send it to this guy. He'll turn something into something awesome. <laughs> so, Jay, you had mentioned... Uh, the weather's starting to cool down, and you're thinking your your tactics might need to start changing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just last two uh, floats we've taken, we've caught some fish, but haven't been moving the bigger fish like we had before. I, I don't know. I'm just I don't know. I mean, I'm not there enough, you know. I mean, we're not there every day. I'm, I'm, I was there, you know. I missed a weekend, so it'd been a, you know two weeks between, but. I know the cold temperatures the other day, the rain didn't help me at all. I don't know if they just all ate on Saturday or what the hell happened, but the smallmouth were not there for the taking. And, uh, I don't know, we got, my dad caught a few. Like, right off the bat, he caught, like, two 16-inchers. And this is all in the top end. Yeah, like, before, like, bonus, we, bonus fish. Yeah, bonus fish. And I'm like, man, I'm like, all right. 
you know, we're gonna, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get into him, you know. You know, we took my dad's buddy, uh, Brian, who went up to, uh, I fished with him. We fished with him our whole lives, but uh, he didn't catch shit at first. And he's like, oh, I know how your dad is, you know. He's going to be catching fish and nobody else is catching fish. So he's, But he didn't get that many of them. Got like six or so. And then all of a sudden it shut off. Rain started. We got poured on. It was a heavy downpour. I was I was glad I slept in that day. Dude, I had I had my nice rain jacket on, my nice Sims rain jacket on, a waist point rain jacket. Dude, I was drier and shit. Seriously, I was I was not wet. It was nice. My dad wasn't wet. He had, I mean, we all had rain gear. We were ready. I had I had waders on. All this wet talk. Should we put Cardi B back on? We probably should. <laughs> uh, at least we wouldn't be fucking animals. But uh, yeah, it was, it, decent float. I mean, it was fun float. I mean, we all, you know, we we took the challenge of going out and getting wet, and hey, it didn't pay off, but we really had a good time. You know, we had a good time. We moved through. We met you. You, you, you I guess you walked down in the area, and you heard me, and yeah, I heard you, or I saw you first, because, you know, here, see you before you hear you. Uh, but you probably thought I was a, one of the uh, herons over there. No, I, yeah, I saw your beak. He's but, looking underwater for fish. No, I I walked in. I the way the way we walk in, we can see, we can see the surroundings and stuff. See what's going on. I knew there wasn't anyone like there there, and I walked in. And I heard you. I was like, oh, there's someone there there. And I was like, I know that voice. I heard it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the same. I don't know. Uh, Dad, like I said, Dad asked snagged a couple. Uh, those saw a couple smallmouth, and that was about it. I caught that one itsy bitsy green bass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we saw a couple green bass the day before, but uh, yeah, no, I mean it was no nothing there, and moved down through the next section. Smallmouth or two that were ten inches, you know what I mean, and nothing real big. You can get anything the rest of the way down, like just a couple little small fish, a couple like twelve year old girls swimming in the river. And I'm like. Jesus, you're not supposed to be swimming in here, kids. They had shoes on, right? I, I hope. I don't know what she had on. I wasn't. Ah, Jesus Christ. Kids, I'm just saying. Kids, no, kids I, even swimming in the like that river. Yeah, it's like, it'll be all right. We waited. Ugh. I swam in it with my son and Mark's daughter. The day, like, is that the day you cut your foot? This day I cut my foot. Last day I swam in that river was that day. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. Seems a little, and especially right down there in downtown. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. You don't know what's in that river, kids. Come on, get out of there. There's a lot of grass down there, too. <laughs> people are smoking more than grass, Chad. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I saw a couple people on the edge of that river. They didn't look okay. What in the meth family Robinson is going on here? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's not the most scenic float, but I love it. It's our float. That's right. We'll take it. Uh yeah, get a different float. Maybe Dude, you'll, uh, maybe you'll catch more fish. Hey hey hey, that, no. You no, you no, won't like even have to change techniques. No, that's not true. <laughs> There's nowhere else to fish here right now. Yeah, you gotta get out it's there, tough, man. It's tough, man. Nah, you gotta drive, man. Hours to if you're not driving an hour, are you even fishing? That's I don't the have rules, time man. To drive an hour. I just need oh, to get rain here. Oh shithead! You gotta get out there and explore the world. There's plenty of fish to be caught. The ones we and harassed are on my fucking checklist. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I harass those fish. I think keeping, you just don't fish for them. Oh no, I'd like to. I like to go fishing new places. I got to go a few new places this summer, but it, in turn, you always go with uh, ambition, right? 
You oh, sure, sure. Keeps you keeps you a little fishing a little harder. I might you might go down there to your laxy daisy with your game changers and they having it. Who gets laxy daisy with changers? I don't. No, you double hand I'm, them until I'm they bust, until maybe. they bust off. I heard you gave them ten pound oh. test and broke him off. <laughs> well, that's all I had with me on accident. I don't know. I didn't have uh, the rest game of my changer. Stuff. I had fifteen thousand feet of fifteen pound test in my truck. I just didn't want to walk back and grab it. it I helped. just run thirty. Well, I mean, it, what great, the fuck is I the mean, difference at that? At I'm that great point? with I'm great with 15, and I have 50, sure. 53,000 feet of it. I'm uh, just saying they don't. The fish do not give a shit. Not the ones that are going to hit it. No. No. You're not. You're not like out there fishing out these fish. It's not that. It's not that kind of thing. You're just. The if fish see the shit, it's ripping through where they're at. You, they go, they yeah, smash they, the fucking hell out of if it. If they and then, see your and line, on, they're not gonna. They don't give a fuck. It about never that. happened. You know, what I mean, they're looking at that fly. I'm fishing IGFA, man. Line class. There you go. <laughs> Not really, but I don't know. I don't know what that would be. There's no record. You need 15, oh, 15 inches of 15. the light of the lightest line. I think that's IGFA. Gotcha. That's what it would be classified to that leader. Yeah. Section. I, don't ask the guys that do it with four and six. They lures are still in the fish's mouth. Yeah, man. Ten pound test. I was just stripping. I didn't even set the hook. I, I, I felt that fish snatch it, and it was gone. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a float down to the other spot. With some, there you go. With some big. My buddy's coming into town from uh, Columbus, Ohio. My buddy Brian. He's a gear and just bait guy. You know, we we went up to camp, caught muskie up there. The year I actually caught a couple muskie in my life. Uh, <laughs> that one time. That one time I caught muskie. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, he's coming up. Last year, we did pretty good on the river. We had a good time. Uh, he caught a 27-inch walleye last year on the river, which was awesome, awesome fish to see. You know, that's a big, big walleye. You know where big ones giant are breeder. At. Yeah. Well, your so, dad caught him already this year. Oh, they're there too. But we'll, uh, yeah, so we're gonna go down to the other, the other hybrid place. I hope so. I'll be, have all my stuff on me. Hopefully, I can pull one or two out of there before he gets in there with any bait. And I, I can't wait to get down there and catch a couple catfish. I, I like throwing a creek chub down there, and, and Jason and I used to do this oh, too, man. There's and fish waiting down there. Oh, yeah, man. There's, there's, there's a flathead catfish down there. He's waiting to eat something. Yeah. He don't fuck around. He's the apex predator. I love flatheads. If I love you, if you had grabbing a, a flathead by the mouth. If you had a super-weighted fly, you might be able to get one on it. That'd be... I'm throwing some live creek chubs. Oh, I mean, ultimately, I, I caught him with a big jig with tip. You know what I mean? With like a chub on it. With but garden hackle. Yeah. No. <laughs> meat. Meat, bro. With some meat. But I don't know. I, I'd imagine a fish like that when they're looking at to feed too. If they see something down there, it doesn't got to be bait. You know what I mean? They hit. Well, even that float last year, I, I even I think we're going to uh, go down through and try to cast some, you know, some bigger, just maybe uh, just different Rapalas and maybe some uh, big, big spinners. In, in all the area above all that, you know, even before we get there. So, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I want to do that float with you one day after we get a torrential downpour. I want the two, yeah. the two ones that come in to be blowing brown before the, the river comes up and try to catch hybrids right there. That. They'll be sitting there. I want to try to catch a muskie right there. I mean, that that's what they do on the Ohio River. You know what I mean? That's the techniques that they use on the bigger rivers. They fish 
the tribs when the tribs are blowing out. Hmm. So it's yeah, just it's good work. It's something to think about. Yeah. Oh, I know that earlier in the season, it's a that's a temperature thing for those fish. There, you know what I mean. Then they're in and out when it's high to feed, and then vid load they right back to the big main river. So. I like to see them tooth critters right there, too, because I know they're sitting right below all them creek, you know, creek inlets and everything else, especially in the spring. You've been having a lot of pike luck as well, also. Sure. And I, I, I'm not, I'm just saying I, I want to catch something. I want to catch a big muskie or even a muskie out of our river sometime here. You know, I get to have that one, one of the first muskie I ever encountered, you know, on the fly rod, you know, with you and on a river. And I know they're there. I know they're there. They're there. We 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 know they're there. I walked back where you're talking, that creek the other day. Uh huh. There's water back there. Yeah, yeah they're they're there. We just kind of man. I don't know if we just gotta like emphasize just being in that area for a while and just beat the shit out of it, or I don't know what you would have to do to, or just just you know just fish and cast and fish and cast and fish and cast. I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, the the more you fish for them, the more you'll catch them. If you're there. You know what I mean? Uh, we're we're fishing for smallmouth. We're throwing three to five inch flies. Yeah. Which, uh, they eat that stuff, but it's not... Appealing. Not right now. Not appealing to them? Yeah, yeah. It's not the prime source of food, I, I don't think. I wouldn't think. I think they're mm-hmm. eating suckers, big 10-inch suckers, and we're not imitating that. We're imitating or baby carp, if there are any. Yeah. Hey, everyone knows carp come out at four pounds. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that is a defense mechanism, yeah. so they can't be eaten. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no. you know. I mean, hey. uh, they're few and far between, and, and like I said, you th- I don't think they are. Unicorn as much as we think. Yeah, but in turn, all right, they don't, even even the ones that are making it, you know what I mean? They're still dot. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're not you're not solidified as being in that waterway until you hit past 20 as a muskie, right? No. You'll be killed. There's a lot of other things in there that will eat. Yeah, I mean, other muskie and pike. Oh, and that's or, what I'm yeah, saying. I, and, it, and it ain't that big of water, so it's uh, to fur fish, uh, that's kind of unicorn status, man. I mean, I, I used to see numbers of them congregate, but I ain't going to say I don't go to the river, but I don't see them. They're, they're kind of, I don't know. Used to be something somebody else. Somebody would catch one at the river in the spring. Somebody, you know, you know, people would have pictures of, or oh, we caught, they caught three muskies already today. But you where know. do you go and see pictures of locally? Not there. I mean, I mean, not anymore because they don't stock it. No, I mean, you don't go to bait shops anymore. Oh no, you'll see pic- well, you'll see the ultimately, ultimately, there was more people congregating on them areas, a wider community. As, I think you would see them now. because you had. A boatload of people down there first day of trout fishing at at the wall, True. and you would see them. You well, would see the, one somebody caught one on a spinner on six pound test line. Or you'd look you over, know, the, over, over the over the top. <laughs> over you you'd look that. right over the top and see him. I heard a oh, guy yeah. fishes for yeah, him in the true. fall when it's low like this, and he's casting in that trench like big lures, musky lures. So they're there. Oh, I'm, yeah, the big ones are right there. I mean, he's fishing off the top with lures like. Big, yeah, big wobble, yeah, creek, creek mean, minnows. And ultimately, that's where a big fish is going to live, and that's kind of protected, protected area from everybody fishing over yeah. them, you know. And nobody's fishing musky right there, no. you know, not in that aspect anyway. So, different approach, maybe. You just got to fish where they're at. That's <laughs> you just what. need to tie giant flies with like jig heads and just smash them through there. Well, the thing is, 
hell of a cast. It's it's hard to cast there with intermediate lines because the intermediate line sinks at your feet when you're stripping it in. I'm just talking you know what lowering I mean? your fly line over the top and fishing uh, from the top. We're talking about fishing from the top of the cement, man. Jigging with a huge jig, dude. Oh, you want to use your fly like a fucking Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> send it out there. I'm just going to send it and then with a huge, huge sinker on the front, basically, yeah. which would be a jig head. Just jig it like a Bondi, baby. You just, just need a Nor- whack, 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 Norbert. Whack, whack, whack. He ties them. He yeah, he does. One, He's big pike one with I a... I need a 12 weight with, uh, with, that's 8 foot. Lead-headed Bufords. Fling it. <laughs> Fling a lead-head Buford. There Into the go. white water from the from the side. Yeah, and then just not even... No, from the top. Oh, up and down. Vert, vertical fly fishing. Yeah, man. <laughs> so In boys, the future. We have anything else we want to hit on that? No, we're getting on vertical fly fishing. All right, we're done, man. Hey, tonight's show... Got lures for that. <laughs> Check out our guest, Sightline Provisions, at sightlineprovisions.com. Predator Fly Gear. Get all your, what, you got the dry fit shirts, all kinds of different nice designs on all kinds of things with patterns, buffs, everything you need. PredatorFlyGear.com. Also, Nick Mayer Art with that. And A-Rex hooks. Tie them nice looking flies on real sticky A-Rex hooks. A-Rex Check out SimsFishing.com for all your wading needs and apparel. Yeti, built for the wild. Yeti.com. Queen City Guiding. Check him out. QueenCityGuiding.com. Check out Why Not in their app, The Dock. Urban Fly Company. Mark's not here tonight, but we are in the Urban Fly Company studios, and it's UrbanFlyCompany.com. Check the site out. Those minis are sick. <laughs>